Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the TakeCast, bringing in my boy, Mike Gallagher. Uh, we got our show pushed on Monday, and of course, Drew, too busy, you know, too a big, big, rich problems for Drew, not able to join us today. So it's just uh, it's just me and you, Mike, but we are going to go around the league. And I actually think that we have some pretty cool stuff to talk about today. You uh, you excited for the new year? You you Are you a resolution guy? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm getting ready to uh, – I've been pretty good on exercising uh, the past – uh, I decided this year because I've, I've, I'll admit I put on some weight over the last couple of years. So I sit around watching sports and writing about it and looking at right. stats. So, you know, you get older, it's harder to keep the weight off. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to be – I'm going to try to start a diet and really lock it down. But, yeah, I, I go hiking two, three, four times a day – or times a week, and I'm going to try to get to six or seven. So, uh, definitely it's the time of year to, to kick it into gear. And we get to see like a million and one exercise bike commercials and – The Peloton, bro. Peloton, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm a big, a, I'm a big, uh, every year, my new year's resolution is to drink more water. Cause everything, yeah. everything will stem from that. Your, your, That's your health, key. your fitness, your exercise. I mean, I, this is, I really mean this. Everything will just stem from drinking more yeah. water. It's a and real I, thing. I want to, I want to learn a uh, data visualization, like better graphics and stuff for that. So I'm going to try to really branch out there. That's something I've always tried to do. So those are like my two kind of goals is to eat there better. Yeah. I drink a ton of water anyways. I probably drink gallon or two a day maybe even more like i'm always drinking water uh, that won't be there hard. we go yeah. there so, yeah, a good a, a good tip for the folks yeah always drink water so you bet uh dink's not here to pimp the welly maker it's uh yeah, this way it would be a, this would be an elite spot for him to yeah. pimp the welly maker yeah, yeah so. drew you're, you're missing out buddy you're missing out doing the doing nba projections for everyone on new year's eve but yeah. uh, the man the man has to grind so where I want to start out with is now that we are a few months into the NBA season, we passed the Christmas Day games. I think that injury reporting has changed because I mostly play DFS as opposed to seasonal uh, fantasy basketball. I think that the injury reporting has changed fantasy so much. Like, I think we are, you know, we're getting guys ruled out, you know, two hours before game time, whereas we would have had to have wait literally probably five minutes before in some of these games. And also, I feel like, and I'm wondering because you are much more on top of this stuff than I am, do you think that teams are being more cautious with guys? Like, even if they're only kind of banged up, like, do you think that it's guys are getting ruled out more often and earlier in the day than ever before? Yeah, I think so. I think once they really know it's shoot around, that guys on 100%, they're going to sit. And really one instance that kind of surprised me. So Darius Garland had a minor ankle tweak. He had, had happened on Friday. And he played through it, looked fine. But just going back to the preseason when Beeline was saying they wouldn't play him under 100%, so he was questionable. And I was surprised he played on Saturday. But, yeah, overall, uh, you could definitely see kind of a trend um, actually last year, it seemed like there were more injuries, but their total man games loss is actually down from two years ago. But, um, yeah, a lot of ankle sprains that just missed time. Um, but yeah, the cat, I, we kind of knew this and this, uh, Adam Schefter pointed it out for football when Derrick Henry and luck were both dealing with calf strains. And he had pointed out that with Kevin Durant, such public bad calf leading to Achilles, thing, yeah. that teams are more cautious with calf strains so I thought that was interesting and I think that's part of it you see a lot of dudes with just 
like uh, Aaron Gordon, super minor Achilles thing. That, uh, he was like stretching out his Achilles on Saturday, and they pulled the plug on him midway th- or early in the third. So yeah, I just think that, that if anything, any red flags come up, you're getting pulled out, um, especially when it comes to leg muscle strains and ankle injuries. Like um, even uh, David Nwaba, he had an ankle injury going into a game, and that game he tore his Achilles. So um, yeah, it's just you know, kind of kinetic chain, different in- injuries leading to other right. ones. There's just so much data out there that if you're under 100%, don't give it a go. There's so many, so many games that people can miss. But, I mean, look at, like, Mo Wagner's missed forever on the ankle. A lot of these ankle, like DeAndre Ayton looked like a minor tweak against the Clippers on a Tuesday. He just got back after missing two weeks, um, which didn't look bad. Again, um, Malcolm Brogdon played through it. Like, all these little, little things that would usually be, they're out there the next day is, like, a week-long thing, so. Um, yeah. It is. It is pretty crazy. I mean, how is that? How like what's been the impact for you in like seasonal leagues? Like, has it just been, has it been a lot easier to stream in those formats because you're so often yeah. getting injury fill-ins? So I think I was kind of ahead of the curve where I was like, all right, anybody, and I've done. I really think the last three or four years, I've always tried to draft younger players, and that's really given. I, I'm pretty lucky. Like I'm in a ton of leagues, and pretty much all of them in first, second, or third. Um, which again, just drafting nice. guys is so huge. Um, so yeah, I think that's really one thing you had to plan ahead. It's only going to get worse, you know, especially with this whole new like playoff thing coming out in a couple years. But yeah, um, if, if you're sharp, you know, you know how to stream, you know where the value is. We'll talk about the well, Wizards in a little bit. But um, yeah, and just overall, as injury reporting goes, we kind of there's fewer teams that are like super shady about it. Like I think really one team that's probably been shady lately has been the Wolves. Um, they're, they're always, we're always waiting on cat. You know, they basically, it's their PR, uh, PR will come out and say that cat's going to be questionable and then it'll be game time and then it'll be out or in. It's been out lately. Uh, Wiggins as well. I know a lot of people got burned by that with like the late reporting there, but a lot of teams and I used to, so if you go back like four or five years ago, there was one team I hated and I'm sure I think I uh, tweeted with Drew about this. The Bucks, like three or four years ago, when they had like nobody covering the team that was really on it, they were so annoying. There were just times we'd have nothing going into games that they were playing, and we wouldn't know, especially if they're coming off the bench. Like we would wait for like the Bucks starters to come out. That's how we knew who was in or out, and that would be you know five minutes before the game started. So now they've actually been one of the more teams that are relying on this injury reporting. So if you're kind of not new to that. So the NBA.com, they have at 1.30, 5.30, and 8.30 every day, they'll put out injury reports. And half the time, maybe a little bit under half the time, it's already been hit by team reporters or PR, PR staffs or anything along those lines. But the Bucks, like without fail, I feel like they are consistently breaking news on that. Like Giannis being probable, doubtful, in, out, Bledsoe being out, all this. But yeah, team, um, they're one team that's really jumped out to me um, sharing that information um the Cavs do that a lot um but yeah those those two teams and the Warriors have been actually yeah the Warriors have been like the Bucks where Pascal we find out if he's in or out on the reporting on injuries at the 135 38 right yeah like really early yeah so that's really nice um and yeah we kind of have a flow for when the news is going to come out um but yeah last year like there was rarely would something come out last year where it was like you know kind of news it was more of like confirming news where yeah. like last year, the only time I could really think of was when Tim Hardaway Jr. He had he was listed as out, in, like I think indefinitely with a leg thing that nobody had heard about, and then it was a, that came out, and then you know I want to say 
uh, half a day later, he was out indefinitely with that leg fracture. So, yeah, uh, I think teams are just more about just using the, that uh, 135, 38, 30 reporting. It's, yeah, really been uh, a big, big news time. But, yeah, overall, yeah, and uh, mostly teams are with the half-hour rule that Terry Stotts kind of talked about. They've pretty much held to that. Um, there are times that, where they're not doing that. Uh, and then one other thing that I just can't stand is the Bulls injury reporting. <laughs> they, they list so many guys probable. It is so, so tilting. Um, by far the, the most tilting part of my day uh, is someone who has to write up and analyze injuries that are all – like all these probable dudes almost always play. Um, and just – it makes it hard to read like other stuff because they'll list guys as questionable and you don't really know if that's closer to probable or doubtful. It's just hard to kind of piece it together. But, um, yeah, overall, it's um, more information is good. So, uh, I do think that the – I've kind of joked about this, that I think the NBA maybe should follow suit with the NFL and just doing away with probable tags. Um, Def- yeah, I mean, they're – like, who do they help? Who is that helping? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, I mean, even still, like, there's a lot of times where the probable tag is garbage. Like, Giannis was and, – and, okay, so last weekend, too, Giannis, back-to-back, after Christmas, we saw him dealing with that back injury – and then has a back-to-back against the freaking Hawks. You're like, oh, yo, why is he even probable? Just sit him out if he's hurt. And he quickly went to doubtful. So, yeah, I feel like the probable tag just kind of messes with us a little bit. But, um, yeah, I'd rather have that than, I guess, nothing. So, step in the right So, the, the biggest impact of it for DFS players has been – the like the uh, kind of obvious lineups, the very obvious plays are happening very early, and you're not having to plan for contingencies, especially on DraftKings with late swap. Is you know these these like uh, these 8 p.m. Minnesota Timberwolves games, you would have had to have been planning on. Oh, was Cat going to play? Is he not going to play? And now that we're getting this stuff at 1:30, like people are knowing. Oh, okay, you know, and and even um, you know, we've had like Wiggins get announced out really early. He's had this flu over the last week. Week, and he, they've been announcing him out really early, so it's uh, it's kind of actually led to a, a frustrating dynamic where all of the chalk plays, like all of the very obvious plays, are like crazy owned. Like we're seeing guys like you know eighty, ninety percent owned in a lot of these formats. And like as as someone who really just tries to trust the projections, it's been very frustrating because I found myself like duplicated a lot of times in these contests. Yeah, and like you said, it's kind of um, the later edge, the sharper you are, the quicker you could think on the fly. I mean, uh, I'm sure Drew could speak to this more than I could, but I feel like getting a you know a no 100 percent you're yeah, right 650 657 news is like way more valuable if you could think on the fly and already know what you're gonna do versus someone who's like had two hours to plan for. Like it's kind of one on one analysis, but it's true. Yeah, you know? no, 100. percent That's like that is like the the whole thing of it is just that you know when when everyone who's playing and like nba dfs has the whole day to plan for Giannis being out versus three yeah. minutes to like run their stuff and no it is it is a a whole different uh, yeah. a whole different deal so actually kind of related to this i think that we are seeing some compounding issues here with the Washington Wizards, the the G League Washington Wizards. We have Beal, we have Beal being held out. We have uh, Rui Hachimura out. Davis Bertans is out. Um, Isaiah Thomas just came back from his suspension, so their their lineup got a little bit less G League. But I mean, I mean, this Jonathan Williams guy was playing in what in Israel uh, two weeks ago, and then he he. Uh, ended his contract over there to come over, and he started two games in a row for the Wizards. Like, what is going on with the Wizards right now, Mike? 
Yeah, so it's been, like you said, all G League dudes. And I thought one of the craziest things was Garrison Matthews. Uh, he had, I think, like six or seven free throws – or seven free throws prior to Monday. And then on Monday, he makes 12 free throws. Like, he goes, he turns into James Harden all of a sudden. But, uh, I mean, just insane Monday win against the Heat. You know, I guess total, totally blindsided. Jan Mahimi played the game of his life. Garrison Matthews is great. I love – Jordan McRae was chalk city. Uh, and he's going to be Chalk City uh, for as long as Beal's out. Beal practice. And it was minor. Like, he was playing through that calf thing. I don't really think it's really, quote, unquote, soreness. But he does have that stress reaction thing in his past from four or five years ago, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago um, when his career just started. So, yeah, something to watch there. But, like, McCray is going to be really good. Uh, outstanding, uh, outstanding for just scoring. But he can handle the ball a little bit, too. So, uh, he's going to be a guy to watch. I don't really buy Garrison Matthews being that great. Uh, Jan Mahimi kind of just coming out of the blue. Um, no, I, I did not see that coming, especially um, like we knew all season long, like don't play bigs against Miami front court. And of course he goes off. So um, that was interesting. And then uh, Gary Payton too, for season long, he is I think fifth per game in nine cat um, just because his steals numbers are outrageous. I think he has like five steals per 36, but yeah, um, just massive, massive value to be had. Uh, with Beal out and even when Beal comes back I still think McCray's gonna be really good they could play him and Beal two and three together so I, I think I think McCray's gonna be really sneaky but yeah Jonathan Williams he was kind of chalk on Saturday after I think he played 33 minutes off the bench yeah and he played that, 14 minutes yeah and it was Honda. it was a tough scene yeah yeah I I, I I gotta be honest to the people I played Jonathan Williams yeah. not in a 33 minute game but in the 14 minute right. game yeah yeah, I think everyone was on that because, I mean, Isak Bonga was just dead in the water. Um, yeah, like, I mean, this this is a G League team, and Isak Bonga can't get more than 15 minutes. Yeah, so – but, yeah, there's a – again, um, Ish Smith's been actually pretty good here and there. Had that one crazy 9-9 nine and nine game. But, um, yeah, they're playing Justin Robinson a little bit here and there. But uh, And Troy Brown, a guy who's been extremely frustrating because he's had so many opportunities but he's played a lot better lately too so yeah really any depth you play fantasy in dfs um just like and they're just such a great matchup because they play so fast and their defense is so bad that they're like arguably the most fantasy relevant team right now um just because you're always targeting them so it's it's pretty cool um i I love seeing these unknown dudes kind of come up it's always one of my favorite things to watch that's why i love you know, this we call it the silly season. Like I, and I just is no, but but on. silly yeah. season has started in December now because yeah. of because of what we're talking about. Like it's the true. fact that we are talking about guys coming over from Maccabi Tel Aviv to come start in NBA games now. Like silly season has begun. Yeah, it's gonna happen a lot too, especially uh, like Embiid's resting or not playing. He's not resting, but he's out today too. So that's something to watch, but. I just love late season. Like I've seen so many people say that Christmas is the best day for basketball. I, I could not disagree with that anymore. I hate watching one game at a time. I need like multiple games on at once, like how my brain works. But and I just love just uh, the last day of the season is like one of my favorite days of the season too. So, but um, that's kind of a whole other thing. But yeah, the Wizards are they're gonna they're gonna be. I think Gary Payton's gonna be kind of legit. He's probably earning more minutes too, even when Beal comes back. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, do we do we think that any of these rando G League Wizards guys, Gary Payton, uh, Pesesniks, I, I literally don't even know how to say his Pesesniks, name. Pesesniks, yeah. yeah. So do Neeks, we think yeah. that any of these guys are, like, long-term 
you know, like, let's say, let's say Bertans and Hachimura come back and Beal comes back. Like how many of these guys are going to be like, like actual, like rotation NBA players? Well, I think Bertans is going to get a lot of trade buzz just because he shot the three so well all season. So well, he was, yeah. yeah, he was shooting like almost 50, but he had that one or two dip where he was like two or 13 or something like that um, last week, right before he got hurt. So yeah, I think he'll be interesting to see. He should still be valuable. Uh, just because he's really just part of what their offense is going to be. They need his spacing for Beal, so he'll still be pretty good. Um, like I said, I think – I'm a hardcore Jordan McRae truther. Um, I've always got a soft spot for when he had that 37-pointer uh, in the season finale when it was full-on Orange Mamba time. So I think he's kind of a guy. But uh, Rui Hachimura was playing really well, too, before he got hurt. So I think his coming back will dead – uh, Jonathan Williams and uh, Garrison Matthews as well. Admiral Schofield's played a lot of four. So those guys will all kind of go away. And Pesesnik's also, he'll be going away too when Thomas Bryant comes back. Um, possibly they, he cuts into Mahimi's minutes. But they like him. Uh, Brooks has really talked him up as a screener. Um, you know, he's been pretty bad on defense, but, you know, he's super raw, but he's got, got size. So um, that's kind of it. But we'll see what happens with Ish and Isaiah too. But, um, yeah, they, maybe those guys can get traded as well. Yeah, I mean, that, certainly, I think everyone is uh, is on the trade table for them. Yeah. So every every week, we we try and figure out what's going on in the West playoff race, and uh, they're they're probably not quite in it. In fact, it would be absurd to say that they are. But the Pelicans, man, they're finally they're finally looking like the team that we were projecting them to be in the offseason. They're now up to eleven and twenty three. That sounds crazy like but that actually doesn't leave them that far out of the eight seed which is wild out yeah Yeah. uh nba high plus 14.2 net rating over the last four games uh the only team in the last four games to go four and oh um you know and that's it's really you always like to see what happened first of all they had two huge wins at denver at portland and then home versus indy without brogdon and then home versus houston without westbrook and Harden. that doesn't really count but um, yeah, I mean, they're playing great. They have the longest win streak in the NBA. Uh, and again, they, they made the lineup change four games ago when they put Lonzo and Derek Favors, Drew and Reddick all together. So, um, and Ingram also. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of all come together. Derek Favors uh, hit 30 minutes four games ago. He's been a key. Um, and yeah, their defense has been really, really much better. They're both top five in offense and in defense over this four game stretch. So it's not just all one thing. Uh, they are playing slower, much to my chagrin, uh, over their last five or six games. But this is kind of who we thought they were going to be, right? Uh, so um, I, I still kind of believe, and uh, I don't know, I, I just love the Pelicans um, for how they can produce. And really, so many guys are putting up value all of a sudden. Uh, each one more has been really good lately, too, kind of low-key. But, yeah, it's like I mean, look at the teams that are ahead of them. There's and we've talked about this all season. We literally um, talked about it all season. But the the T Wolves, the T Wolves were looking like, oh, they're they're going to be the seventh seed. Yeah. And I literally think since we had that conversation, they've won a game. Yeah, I think maybe two. But yeah, they've been just they had uh, what it's just losses after loss after loss against bad team after bad team. But the Grizzlies aren't playing well. The Suns have really faded. Although they've been played better their last couple games with eight and back. Uh, Sacramento's in a tailspin right now so I'm not ready to rule them out and this is what we want like if we want Zion back you know even from just a non-fantasy perspective we want to see Zion out there and just making tons of highlights so the Pelicans winning games would help that 
So, um, but Zion's definitely Zion's definitely going to be managed like hardcore when he comes back, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, uh, I, I think the Pelicans. And I just think they're just playing sound, man. Like they had so many defensive gas over and over and over again uh, when they were really struggling and just getting shredded inside. But um, just props to Favors, I guess. He's really been his like. Their, their starters haven't even been good. They're only plus four net rating over the last four games together, which is fine. But uh, everything just fits together better with uh, with that first unit going in there. And just Lonzo has been really good. He, that's That's been the yeah. big story is Lonzo has been playing like a guy worthy of being the centerpiece of an Anthony Davis trade. Yep. So he's been awesome. Ingram's, Ingram's been probably, probably, I guess, after – we said this all season too, like – him and Luca, just with the growth they've had efficiency-wise, and, and Ingram's not even just doing just scoring. He's just been so well-rounded in so many areas. Um, he's just been total fantasy stud. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still a believer, you know? Like you said, it's absurd to, say, to think that. I don't think it's total. It's still, like, I don't know what the projections are, but, I mean, it's still going to probably be under 5%. But, I mean, if I, I think it's a good bet to make, you know? If it's, prob- it's probably going, like, plus 1,000 something like that for Pelicans to make the playoffs, right? Like, I think that's a good bet. I mean, I think, I think that's a pretty solid bet. In fact, yeah, I, I have no go, idea what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go look that up right now because that seems, <laughs> uh, that seems pretty interesting to me. And I would, I would, yeah. I would like to be able to, I would like to be able to root for the Pelicans. So, uh, I mean, while we're here, while we're having our weekly discussion on who makes the seven and the eight seed in the, uh, the Western conference, do we, do we, do we still think that the thunder look more likely than not? I think so, man. Oh boy. Shay. Uh, well, he dropped 29 in his last five games per game, uh, 32 and three of his last five. Just total Shea fest. Uh, you do absolutely love to see it. Um, and looking at the Pelicans' schedule, by the way, uh, it's a lot softer. They're going to probably get housed on Friday uh, against the Lakers, and then they go at Sacramento, home against Utah, and then Chicago, Bulls, Celtics, Pistons, and the, so that's a good little pocket right there. And then it kind of, and they have San Antonio. Yeah, it's actually it gets a little bit softer. They have a couple of really tough games too. But yeah, I don't think they're they're totally dead in the water. Did you find the? the I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to see if they have futures listed on my book right now, and I don't yeah. think they do. I would imagine that they are on some sports books. Oh wait, wait, hold on. No, no, I got it. Nice. So. These are okay. These are division win. Okay, no. So there's no there's no odds right now to uh, to make the playoffs, but just uh-huh. to win, just division winners on on my yeah. book. Now it might there's be it no, might be different. There's no way they're going to win the division. But uh, some of these some of these. Uh, it, so the yeah. the Bucks the Bucks are already like a million like a, a like minus a million to win their oh, division. Dude, yeah, there's no way they're losing that. Uh, there are there are a couple interesting ones yeah, here I'm though, dude, on the which would one. be. The, the Mavericks to overtake the Rockets at some point to win that division, uh, especially because we now know Westbrook is only playing uh, the front end of back-to-backs. No more back-to-backs for him. That's fine. Uh, they have the, I think Ben McLemore being good has really offset the loss of Westbrook a little bit. Uh, and then Daniel House has been really good too. So I think And they have Eric Gordon back now. So I don't think Westbrook is going to be as great as he's been lately. I don't think that's like – gonna give me pause to pick against the Rockets I'd still pick them to win pretty comfortably 
Yeah. So the the one, of course, that I the one that I like the most is the Lakers to win the Pacific Division. Um, the both because the odds on this book are so bad. The Clippers are minus one hundred five, and the Lakers are minus one fifty to win the division. But I I I think I mean I've been a noted. Uh, very favorable Lakers person all year long. Yeah. And I, I, I think that I, I like those numbers. And the other one that uh, might be, well, who do you think wins the Atlantic? Uh, I mean, I still think it's going to be Philly, man. Uh, although it's, it's tough because you're, you're banking on Embiid's health. Right. So I think with that, I, I would, I think they're going to manage Embiid late. So I'd probably still take Boston in. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, yeah, I think, so it's Boston a, is plus one sixty five. Philadelphia is actually favored, and then the Raptors are plus three twenty five. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good bet for Boston. But yeah, I don't really trust the Raptors to to keep it going. I just hate they're playing so many guys, so many minutes, man. I I complain about it all the time, but they're just they keep playing with fire. And Lowry's had a tough time staying healthy, and uh, you know, uh, Surge is. You know, kind of struggling to stay healthy at times, but he's been, he looks good, but Gasol, it's just going to be tough for them to, to keep going. We don't really know when Siakam's coming back. So are you, are you a, are you a Boucher guy? Oh yeah. I love Boucher. Is like yeah. my how, how awesome is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy, that guy is the best. He needs to play more, man. And I don't know why he, he's been starting to play a little bit more for, but uh, yeah, just massive. Uh, anybody who has good per 36 stats, I'm going to love him. But, uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. Um, didn't get credit for a block uh, against Boston last week that made me a little bit mad. But, uh, yeah, he, I love Boucher. They need to play him more. Rodney Hell Jefferson's been a lot better for them. Uh, even – I was a big Pat McCaw guy because uh, it was – Dude, uh, McCaw. McCaw just like 30 minutes a night for them yeah, now. he's been great lately too. So, um, just mad props to Nick Nurse for getting a lot out of these dudes. Like, we left Rondé for dead. Um, but Pat McCall, we pretty much left for dead. So those guys have really come about. I mean, it's crazy how often they are able to get rotation players out of, you know, undrafted free agents, second round picks, G League guys. Like that has to be with the way NBA contracts work. It has to be the most valuable skill that an organization can have. Yeah. Most people wrote off OG after his down season last year too. He's been really good. Kind of cooled off a little bit the last few, but Yeah. Um, just, I, I just, it's, it's going to be tough for them to, to get going. Cause I think Boston's pretty Boston and Philly are both like really good. I could see them being really dominant in playoff series. Um, and Boston's deep too, man. Like they haven't really been healthy all season and they still just keep chugging along. So it's going to be kind of tough to knock them off. I mean, we've seen, uh, what Marcus Smart misses time. Gordon Hayward missed a bunch of time. They really don't have any centered up, but they've been able to piece it together with Daniel Tice playing well. They don't have Robert Williams. They've got a lot of depth there, so they're fine. They have assets to trade if they want to get better. So uh, I think that now that I think about it, um, again, if I if you told me Embiid was only going to miss under five, like I'd probably take Philly. But I, I think he's going to miss probably 10 or more, maybe even 15 or 20. Yeah. Just because, I mean, we saw last year in the playoffs, like he said he wasn't healthy. So I think right. that's in their mind. They, they want to do everything they can to make sure he's good to go. Like him sitting out today. They only, they only have two games this week, so he's only going to have one game this week. So um, definitely gives you kind of a little bit of a foreshadow for how much he's going to sit. So we, we got we to gotta talk about it. My, my boy Buddy came out to the media, Buddy Heal, and said, you know, the coaches don't trust me. 
Like, and, and this is actually something we talked about, I think three weeks ago where we were just like, buddy, you know, he's just having a tough time right now for a lot of different reasons. Marvin Bagley is hurt again. De'Aaron Fox uh, banged up, missed a game last week, though I think that as of our recording time, I think that he is back for them on Tuesday night. Uh, do, we, do we think that the Kings are sunk for this season? I don't want them to be, but I do think that they are probably. Yeah, I think they are too. Uh, and I, I was, uh, I guess I'm a Kings hater too, but yeah, buddy, man, I, I can't believe how poorly he's played the last, you know, during this losing streak, um, and losing Bagley. How frustrating is that guy gets hurt first game takes forever to get his mitts back up. Finally gets starts was sitting, was probably gonna be looking at close to 30 minutes, um, on that game where he hurt his foot. And then all of a sudden he's got a midfoot sprain. He's out for probably longer than the few games they're saying. So yeah, it's just horrible luck for them. Um, yeah, does is Buddy? I think like legit, we have to worry about Buddy getting traded. He got the bag and everything, but that's the way to do it, man. Like, why would you not? I would actually, the, I would actually yeah. be, I, I would be happy. I think to see him traded. I think I, yeah. I think this is no longer a healthy situation for him or the team. And I would, I, you know, you know where I would love for him to be traded. The Memphis Grizzlies. Don't you think he would be such a good fit there next to next to Ja and Brandon Clark? They need more. Yeah, they need. Dylan Brooks needs to go away. Like that, he's one of the most annoying people that I don't want getting minutes because I, I think D'Anthony Melton and he would he and Heald would fit together great uh, as like a two and a three. So uh, he needs to go away. Um, you know, maybe they would be into that. Uh, I don't know how much they would be, but uh, I mean, the Kings are just are horrible. Buddy's just been missing. He's only shooting 29% from three over, his, over this losing streak. Uh, he's missing free throws. He's, he's Like I said, he's not getting in the line at all. That's what we really thought he was going to do. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I just don't get how th- – th- something has to happen here um, just with how poorly they played. And, like, they've gone reverse. Like, we thought they would be dead in the water when Fox and Bagley were out. And then now they come back, and then now they're really struggling. I think that they have the longest losing streak in the NBA. I think so. Uh, yeah, seven games. So, yeah, I, I think they're dead. Uh, I think they need to make some serious changes uh, with how they put their roster together. I mean, just the fact that you're taking Marvin Bagley that high in the draft, you're bringing him off the bench for that long, like that just that's terrifying to me. Um, as and like, not playing him at his best position a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, well, I mean, they're kind of they kind of made their bed with how they how they have it set up, as good as Rashawn Holmes has been. But um, I mean, just still, like, I don't get the up. Like, he's he's going to be the face of your franchise as far as like what you put draft capital into him wise, and just to bring out the bench is just I think it's such a bad look. Like, you just you got to make him fit uh, with whoever you can, but you can't really bench Rashawn Holmes because he's been so key to them. But yeah, it's looking pretty ugly. Maybe even would they trade Rashawn Holmes? I mean, they get probably a good amount for him. Uh, they, I mean, what, what does he, what does he make? I bet, I bet they would get a lot for Rishon Holmes. Yeah. yeah, They would get value for him. He's, he's going to be one of the better contracts of the NBA this season for his statistical output. So, um, I guess, I I guess the issue you would have trading Rashawn Holmes is all the good teams already have big men. Rockets, Rockets got a big man. Uh, Ooh, Boston, man. That is an intriguing one. Should we pull up the trade machine? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would give up. I think Rashawn Holmes would be an awesome fit on the Celtics, and that would be real uh, for all my Rashawn Holmes fantasy spots. That would be really bad for his value. But um, yeah, uh, I think he would just be an awesome piece. Uh, for wow, him. Rashawn Holmes is making like no money. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
is they could they could do straight up they could do Cantor and Holmes and picks and it and it works. Yeah, it would be pretty much. I think a protected first would probably get it done. Oh my! Why why haven't they done that already? Get it done. Yeah, definitely get it done. As much as well, Daniel Thais has been good, man. Like his stats aren't great, and we don't like him for fantasy, but. He yeah, he's good for he's do. good where when they need him. Yeah. yeah, and Grant Williams has been good. Like Brad Williams is always. I'm sorry, Brad Stevens has always found a way to kind of get get the most out of his secondary rotational pieces. But yeah, I think if they added Rashad Holmes, that would um, that would make them and and especially too like he's been so good on perimeter defense. Uh, so that would kind of alleviate some on Kemba, and obviously it would help. Um, you know, he's probably he could be a guy who could guard Giannis too. Uh, I think when you go down the line, because he's just looked so much better in space on defense this year. So that's not like just to throw that out there. I don't think I've read any report about Rashawn getting traded. And again, I hope he don't 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 aggregate us, bro. (laughs) Uh, All right, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he like Miami like early pre-contract Whiteside hunting for blocks and triple doubles with blocks and stuff. It, it's looking like he's back for Portland and now is getting even more playing time with Scal LeBissier injured. Uh, are, you, are you buying it? Are you buying the, the, the Whiteside resurgence? I mean, you kind of have to, right? Like he's, I mean, at least for, at least for fantasy, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, he's played. So over the last two seasons, he's played more than 32 minutes just five times last year and then six times two years ago. So already just in 31 games, he's done that 10 times. Um, so he's pretty much, you know, on pace to double what he's been doing combined over the last two years, um, even more so. Um, and it's not like his per 36, he's been more productive in his added time. His rebound rate's been just a tick down, his block rate's up, uh, and just the free throws. That's been really the key to his fantasy value for a season long. He's been 76% shooter from the line this year, which is insane. Uh, you know, shooting 60% from the field again. Um, just been so, just been awesome. Like, again, um, I mean, he's probably top five. Would you put in most improved? I probably wouldn't. I don't know. But he's, he's I, don't think, I don't think you could put in most improved just yeah. because this is actually just him playing. This is actually just him trying again. Yeah. And, and Devontae Graham is the most improved player. Yeah. But – like, at least in terms of, like, how much their fantasy stock has gotten better, yeah, right. I'd put him up there. Yeah, because he was pretty much getting benched, and do I drop Hassan Whiteside was a popular question last year after the break, especially with Ban coming on. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty much buying um, – you know, he's not great as far as, like, helps you win games kind of great, but uh, I think he's just been, you know, really one of the better stories of the season. And he's been healthy too, which has been big. He's had a lot of hip issues and – leg injuries and this and that. So um, it's credit to him. He joked about getting 30 minutes per game when his 2K rating came out, and that's come true. So That's so funny. Yeah, he's he told us he was going to play. and it, I mean, it made sense. They have really no depth. But it's going to be interesting when Yosef Nurkic comes back. He's been doing some on-court stuff. So you'd think it'd probably be, what, like a 27-21 split, something along those lines when Nurkic comes back. I mean, how much? I don't even know how much was Nurk playing back when he was just the guy there. Mid twenties, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Managed. I mean, I, I think I think, and it's some nights I could see it just being straight up twenty four, twenty four. Yeah, if, if Nurk's kind of and Nurk was, I mean, late in the season last year, he was really coming on. So um, I want to want to see what he had like before before he got hurt. He had some huge numbers. I'm going to see his post break stats. I think there wasn't much, but. Um, 
Yeah, so let's see here. Yeah, post break, he was at 28 minutes per game, 18 points, 11 boards, uh, one block uh, on 53% from the field, 85% from the line. Um, stud muffin. So and that was in the 16 game sample before he got hurt. So, he he really was awesome. Yeah, like that was, that was a, like a great time. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So that they're they're chilling. You know, if they can kind of tread water. Uh, for another couple of weeks, it looks like they're. We talked. We're like in and out on the Blazers so often, but uh, I'm I, pretty I th- much. I, I'm pretty much out on them as like a playoff yeah. team. Like I, I just think I. I think it's all kind of smoke and mirrors. And I mean, yeah. my 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 big thing is always just teams whose best players are guards have a hard time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean they they've lost some bad games too. They've had a tough schedule. That Pelicans game was tough, but. Uh, tough to win at Utah, obviously the Lakers, and then they lost to the Suns in the last one. That's kind of a bad one at home. So, yeah, tough. But uh, I think they have. I think they have en- enough to get there. They're gonna. They're. They're again. They're that. Those. Those five or six teams we keep talking about for the seven, eight seed. There's. I think they're still in that group. Uh, okay. So last, last thing is, what do you think the the story of the season is thus far? Uh, I guess it's probably Luca, man. Uh, I just think that what he's been doing, uh, only player, I believe ever for Mavs PR to have a 30 point triple doubles multiple times in under 30 minutes per game. Uh, he had that absurd, like 30, 15, 12 line under 30 minutes per game. Uh, he's just been so good. Uh, it's, it's just hard to say. And Dallas, I, I was wrong there. I was like, yeah, Dallas is going to be bad. just cause, um, Porzingis is going to sit. So. The Mavs really elevating to, and we've said this many times. I just feel like the that has to be Luca. I don't. Know, I guess the Miami, Miami too. But uh, yeah, like Bam's been amazing, and so I think it's kind of nothing's really changed from how we've talked about this. I feel like. What about? Do you have any difference? Do you have, have you changed your course on the Mavs? I I, I think I think Wash King is the storyline of the year. I I think yeah. it's, I think it's LeBron. I think it's LeBron and and the Lakers. Like I I think they're going to win the title. I and I never I basically yeah. after watching the Lakers last year, I was just like that's it, man. Like I don't care if they get AD, I don't care who they hire as a coach. It's just it's you know, it's just one of those things that's yeah. not going to happen and uh yeah, I I think the most likely scenario that plays out is the Lakers win the NBA championship? And how do you that's, feel about what happened on Christmas when they kind of folded when they went with that big uh, Lou Williams, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George, Tres Harold? So that that was eye opening. I I, yeah. I would be lying if I said that game was not eye opening because basically it was just like these are our best guys versus your best guys, yeah. and the Lakers just kind of folded. So that yeah, was eye opening. Um, but also at the same time, you know, that it's Christmas and and the game gets a little bit different in april and paul george has basically never played a meaningful playoff game in his life i guess he played one game seven against lebron james's heat and uh you know i i also think an under like we never talk about this but the fact that Kawhi is like i mean basically he is not the same physically he is not Mm -hmm. the same athlete you can just watch him and you can see it and it would not be surprising to me if his efficiency is worse this playoffs than it was last playoffs yeah, he leans on a lot of mid-range. So when you do that, you're definitely putting yourself at risk of being inefficient. But uh, And I guess in your defense, too, LeBron's not 100% either. He's had this groin thing. AD's got a lot of bumps and bruises. So I think they definitely need to get to the all-star break. But, uh, yeah, having a little bit of a cushion is going to be big uh, for for their postseason. So if they can you know, keep it at three, four games, 
and keep the Nuggets. Nuggets have played great lately. They only had besides that Pelicans game. What I think they've won like what twelve of their last thirteen, something like that. So they've been, Denver's been. Um, if we're talking about the last month or so, like I think Denver playing great um, has been one of the big stories. Yeah, really. Besides that, uh, they've been they've been really on a roll since we bashed Jokic like time after time. Michael Porter Jr. too. All of a sudden, we just sneak him in there. He looked freaking awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. So, Michael Porter Jr. started an NBA game. Yeah, I mean, he just he looks so polished offensively already. He's going to be an issue on defense, but. Yeah, um, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, even and then another Porter Junior, Kevin Porter Junior, look kind of fun too. So, um, you know, a lot of rookies to watch. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a good time. Looking forward to yeah. what happens in twenty twenty. Very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to the Wash King continuing. Looking forward <laughs> to uh, looking forward to Shea Gilders Alexander becoming the next great NBA yeah. guard and uh, and you know just justifying everything that I uh, you know feel about the National number, Basketball Number two guard Brassards. Number two guard Brassards. Uh, Doncic from the draft last year. Is that like the coldest take ever? Yep, you love to see okay. it. You love yeah. to see it. <laughs> all right, everyone, make sure to check out all of Mike's awesome stuff over on rotoworld.com. Get all of the injury news that you need, all of the seasonal fantasy basketball help that you need. And if you're playing DFS, of course, the projections on dailyroto.com are going to get you ready to go. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you next year.